0: What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, and I'm super excited to have you here for another Sunday fun day. Thank you so much for sticking around. As always, guys, make sure that you have the description links at the tip of your fingers. You wanna make sure that you're checking out the show notes today. I'm super pumped, I got new merch, Fit Mom Club, Keep Showing Up, Don't Be a Bitch, No Bitch Energy, as well as BDE, Big DBFT Energy, some really fun and retro designs for you guys that I worked very hard on, and also my glute bands to come. I don't want to keep shooting the shit here, but super exciting things coming for the month of November. Obviously, we're quite a few weeks out still, but I'm really excited for something special I'm doing on Black Friday, so make sure that you stay tuned for that limited edition offering that I'm going to be having. So exciting. I hate starting off this podcast like businessy, but honeys, mommy has to pay NICU bills and mommy's fucking scared for what those bills are going to look like. So as you guys know, I have now been a mom bitch for about little over a month now, like by a few days. So, you know, I'm still getting the hang of it. Don't get me wrong. But the difference between a normal mom, I'm a cool mom, number one. But number two, I am a NICU mom. And number one, that makes me a little bit of a badder bitch than most. But also number two, this makes my situation a lot more different um, than your typical introduction to motherhood. So I want to sit down with you guys today and talk about my experience thus far being not just in the NICU, but how am I feeling as a mom? What what does that look like for me right now? So again, guys, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast it supports me in more ways than you know make sure like I said check out the show notes use my codes shop my links check out the merch check out the supporting podcast Venmo um, all the above things to just continue to support my now family and I um, through this time as well as just you know ongoing because here I am to serve you guys and um, I love doing it so your guys' support means the world it keeps me showing up but without further ado again happy fucking Sunday let us Let's dive in to the podcast. I literally said dive in again, bitch. I say that all the time. And if you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, please go listen to Emily and I just kind of shooting the shit there with our hot or not episode. Uh, But man, I just really do say that all the time, but I feel like it's such like a cute saying, like, let's dive in. Let's, let's dive into the podcast. I'm not going to say like, let's breaststroke, let's backstroke into the podcast, Let's sit our face on the podcast like that's So that's so dumb. All right. So let's dive in Um, being a NICU mom, guys. Like if like I said, if you haven't already listened to last week's episode, do it. But also two weeks ago, I dropped meeting my preemie baby where I kind of discussed meeting my child, my birth story um, and how it came eight freaking weeks early. Um, So if you guys are new here, just kind of clicked on this for some reason because maybe you're a fellow NICU mom or maybe you're a NICU nurse or someone who just wants to get a better perspective of what a parent goes through during this situation, make sure that you check out my podcast, like I said, a few weeks ago now, um, just to kind of get an insight into what I went through to get to this point, right? Um, So like I said, I have been now a mom for a month. October the 8th marked a month. My son was born on September the 8th. Um, So what has this past month taught me? Number one, I just want to come out and say that it has taught me how literally strong I am. And if you still want to look at me and say, oh, you're not like you're you ain't shit. I will literally call you out that I'm lying because it takes a special kind of woman to be handed the position of being a NICU mom by the grace of God and to come at it with a, with such a positive attitude and make it through it in one piece. It's a hard, hard thing right now. And you know, um, every situation is relative of the NICU. So as you guys know, NICU, neonatal intensive care unit. So think of like kind of like an ICU, but for infants only. Um, when I first f- knew about the NICU, I knew it because I knew quite a few NICU nurses. Didn't really know what they did. I kind of just expect them to kind of like rock babies to sleep. And now I obviously sound very ignorant saying that, but I didn't really understand like the trauma or the levels involved in a NICU. So a NICU can be anyone from prematurity. So again, born early, um, to micropremies, which are born like way fucking early to even babies that are full term, but that come out with issues, right? Like maybe lung issues or breathing issues or brain issues or um, hydrocephalitis, um, stuff like that, right? Inflammation in brain, inflammation in the head, loss of limbs, you know, stuff like that. It's just a place where babies are taken care of by baby fucking doctors, right? These aren't pediatricians. These are nurses trained to support young life. Um, so when I was admitted first to the, to the NICU, guys, this was my first experience even like being a mom even going through pregnancy. So I had no clue what I was going to be feeling, how I was going to be approaching um, this battle, you know, if we want to call it that. And so initially I went in with this mindset of, here's my baby, born early, um, that's it. I'm, I'm probably going to be here for a few days. That, w- that was my, again, ignorance, right? I, d- I just didn't know what to expect, So once I started understanding and really comprehending, holy titties, I have a child, it started to go into my mind of, oh my God, so how long are we gonna be here? Why are we here? Is is he okay? Can he see? Can he hear? Will he have lung issues? Does he have brain issues? Does he have all of his limbs? Does he have all of his toes? Does he have all of his fingers? These are things that you don't think about until that motherfucker comes out and you realize, oh my God, you, you can do only so much in an anatomy scan and like genetic testing, but dude, you don't know if your baby's going to come out and be deaf or blind or, you know, have heart issues or even develop an issue outside of, you know, the, the uterus outside of, you know, being in utero, you don't know. And so once it really hit me that I was a mom, you know, I had this baby that I created um, with my husband in my belly and is now in the earth, Um, it all this anxiety started hitting me. Then it came upon my mind that I I was in the NICU. You know, I'm looking at all of these women on Instagram who I followed, um, and still do because you know I I do have a handle on my mental health, which is awesome. But I'm looking at all these people who were due way before me, right? And I was kind of just following along their pregnancy, knowing, oh my gosh, when she gives birth, I'm, I have eight weeks left. When she gives birth, I have two weeks left when she gives birth, you know, this, that and the other. And now I'm at the point right now, right? Like I'm in the NICU and I'm going, holy shit, these, I just had my baby before her. What? What? And again, that's when the reality really started hitting me that my baby was early. Let me say it like that. So when I first entered the NICU, that was kind of my initial mentality. I didn't understand. Also, you have these nurses who are giving you updates every day, but you have no fucking clue what they're trying to say. It really does take time for you to understand terminology and more. Luckily, I came from a medical background. Like I've worked in ERs. Um, I was a EMT, you know, I've been on the rig, I understand medical term, um, you know, I've gone through hospital rotations, etc, etc, to where when they say, you know, bradycardia, apnea, um, shit like that, I know what they're talking about, you know, but for someone who wasn't in my position, goddamn, I can only imagine how even crazier it would be. So when they started telling us, you know, okay, hey, your son's having a little bit of um, spells. These are combined with bradycardia and apnea. I'm like, what? Like, I know what that means, but so why, why, why? And everything in the NICU is always chalked up, at least for most instances of prematurity. They're just not supposed to be here yet. You know, they're just still growing. They're still learning. They're still getting it. And it comes to a point as a, as a mom or as a parent in the NICU where you're like, can you just fucking get it? Like you're looking at your kid, and I, sometimes I'll literally tell Maddox, dude, grow the fuck up, grow up, grow up, learn how to breathe. <laughs> like, And of course it's a joke, but it's like you so bad. You see them on the outside as this human growing, they're getting chunkier X, Y, Z. So you're like, okay. So like, why can't you just do it all? And then I I'm thinking, I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, he's, he was still supposed to be cooking for four weeks with the amount of progress Maddox has made in 4 weeks being out of the womb and how fast that has come I could only imagine what he could have done in the womb for another 4 weeks you know like it's very excessive and having a premature child is not just oh he came a little early yeah yeah we took him home he just came he just came 2 months early it's not like that you know they got a lot they got a lot of shit they got to learn that they haven't learned yet, which they would have in utero. So during this time, I learned a lot about, especially things like Billy Rubin. So when Maddox came out, he was very red. Um, This can also be like jaundice, right? That's kind of what they call it. It Starts getting, you know, a little bit yellow. Um, But so they tested him every day. And at one point he was under phototherapy. So that's, he kind of looked like, kind of looked like a, like a, fighter pilot. You know, he had this like really cool shit over his eyes and he was under these blue lights. He looked kind of like a stormtrooper too. And during that time, that's when I learned about, you know, Billy Rubin tests and how he got jaundice and how we got it away. So he was on our phototherapy for like three days, nothing crazy. But again, that's a part of the prematurity process. Um, after that, like I said, he started to get bradycardia, which that's pretty much a very slow heartbeat. That then was partnered with apnea which is a pause of breathing and this usually occurs for anywhere from like 15 to 20 seconds during this time though you have to have nurses step in if they cannot regain that remembrance to breathe by themselves so when my baby Maddox Um, Throughout the past, I mean, shit, four weeks, right? He's still coming out of bradycardia episodes, which is very, very common for prematurity. But as he was, say, like two weeks old, one week old, even upwards to like the beginning of three weeks old, um, he would have apnea spells where he would stop breathing because he would literally fucking forget Their, their brain is like not wired yet to remember to keep breathing all the time. So he would stop breathing for a second, just like he would have in utero for period, periodic, (laughs) periodic breathing. Um, And then all of a sudden his heart rate would also drop during this time. They would look at him. Sometimes we would literally see him turn purple. I mean, he would not be breathing. That is not good. So during this time, I developed a lot of anxiety around like the beeps and the sirens and the buzzing and the fucking, you know, everyone running over to you and getting worried that they're about to fucking bag your kid. Like, will your kid come back from this? That's what you have to live with in the beginning every single time those alarms go off. Is he going to make it through this one? Is he okay? Will he remember to breathe? Can they get him to breathe? Because sometimes with preemies, it causes more damage than not to resuscitate them. Not necessarily at Maddox's gestational age, which means, you know, he would be 35 weeks. He would have been 37 weeks or whatever it might be. But if you get babies that are like, say, born micro under, I think it was like maybe 24 weeks, 25 weeks. If they go apneic and they go bradycardiac, which means like they stop breathing and their heart rate slows down, At a certain point, obviously, this is discussed with doctors and this is not protocol for everyone, but it can cause more harm than good to actually resuscitate them because of the damage they would do to, you know, their rib cage and their body that's still underdeveloped. Right. So that was kind of my biggest in initial anxiety and issue being in the NICU was every time an alarm went off, it was like my heart sank And again, I'm very, very blessed for Maddox's health to be 31 weeks and four days birthed. He was in a great position to just need to grow. There are plenty of parents out there that have their children even earlier. And every single day is a deep, deep, deep fight. And every day for us is a fight, but it's relative, right? And that's okay. That's okay to still cry and still be sad over your situation. And that's something that I want to make very clear. Um, I'm very grateful to have my child alive. Very grateful um, for him to just be having this issue with the CPAP, you know, blah, blah, blah. Very grateful. Um, But to each is relative. So that was kind of the initial shock being in the NICU was just like hearing all the sirens, learning all the words. Meeting all the nurses, you know, you you have a few nurses that you start to know, and then, I mean, shit, once you're in there longer than two weeks, you know everyone. It becomes great. But at first, you're leaving your child with people that you don't know, and you fucking hope that they have the love for children of why they started it in the first place, right? You don't want any fucking assholes working in the NICU who are like, man, fuck this. I should... I should have went to Broadway. <laughs> like, you know, you want people in there that are passionate about what they do because they're taking care of your kid. Any type of, oh man, fuck this shift could literally kill a child. You know what I mean? So you need people in there who are hard workers, on the ball, extremely sensitive, in love with children, et cetera. Um, and we have met every single nurse in our NICU at St. Anne's Hospital. They are just so above and beyond caring, loving. We will hear them across the way with just another baby. No no parents are there. They're just by themselves, just talking to the baby. Hi, baby. We're going to change you. Oh, I love you so much. You are looking so cute today. And the other nurses will come over and go, oh, my gosh. He's gotten so big. I cannot believe it. I haven't seen him in a few weeks or Or, you know, oh my gosh, she's on a bottle now. That is so great. You know, and these are conversations we're just hearing. Because these women and men love their job. And I think that was around that, like, second week mark where I started to feel really comfortable leaving Maddox. Um, Don't get me wrong, bitch. Still fucking hard. But I at least knew... I could trust every single fucking person working in that unit, um, and that felt really good. And so for any of you nurses listening, just being, I mean, being yourself, but also just being open to answering questions and asking the parents if they need anything and asking if they understand. And, um, you know, if, if a parent starts crying, consoling them. You know, I had one nurse, I had a terrible day, broke down, crying, just just kind of all of it hitting me at once, right? And my nurse just sat there with me for an extra minute as she could with, you know, obviously taking care and tending to other babies, but she had that minute where maybe she could have gone on her lunch a minute early, but instead she just sat with me and she placed her hand on my shoulder and she was like, you know, it's okay. Like we're going to take care of him and we do take care of him, blah, blah, blah. And that was just really special to me. Um, So as we continued to kind of grow out of these spells, we discovered that we could come off of this thing called CPAP. So CPAP, bubble CPAP, um, is a area of pressure given to the lungs. So this is not oxygen given to a baby, okay? This isn't, oh, my baby's on oxygen. This is called flow, flow not the progressive kind of flow, and not the period kind of flow, but this is flow that creates pressure in the lung sacs to keep them open. So if you think about your lung sacs and if you've learned about them, there's these little things called alveoli. I think is how you pronounce it. Even being in medical classes, bitch, I could never pronounce that word. So if you know what I'm talking about, you can look them up. They're very sticky little sacs to where when you breathe, and then you or you inhale and you exhale, they can stick together, right? Because babies' lungs are under underdeveloped as premature babies, their lung sacs can stick together if they forget to breathe, which then obviously causes them to go apneic, bradycardia, et cetera. So what the CPAP does or any sort of flow, it creates extra pressure in the lungs to keep them open while the baby takes breath. So again, this is not babies being on oxygen. Um, So once Maddox was on CPAP, he was since birth. I I didn't really like know when that could be taken off, but I had no idea. So around like two weeks ago, so he, well, he was about almost three weeks. Yes, almost three weeks. They trialed him off for the first time. And it went really, really good for like almost 48 hours. Like he was crushing it, he was breathing. He was, I could see his face all day. I could finally like see his hair and kiss his head. Cause remind you, like he is in a mask and a hat all day with prongs or with like straps around him and a chin strap. So like when you think about seeing your baby's face, I've barely seen my baby's face in, you know, the almost month, well over month that he's been alive. So when they took it off the first time, I was super, super excited. I was so hopeful. And after 48 hours, he had to go back on. That was very tough. I took that very, very rough. Um, I had to watch them put his tube for feeding from his nose back into his mouth. They had to put all that mask back on when all he wanted to do was rip it off. Um, And then, you know, like an hour later, I had... I had to leave. I had to leave to come home. That was a hard, really fucking hard day. Um, that was a hard weekend in general. Cause then, at, you know, I came back and I had to see him on CPAP again. So then we came back. This is like Sunday or so. And they're like, you know what? He's ready to be off of it again. We think he's showing signs, blah, blah. I tried him off. <sighs> Less than a day later, went back on. Just one of those things where he started having a lot of spells again. So again, losing that ability to breathe, forgetting, um heart rate goes down, all of that. And it was just because he's so little. You know, he, that's a lot of work for them to breathe on their own. Like that takes a lot of energy. And when they're not used to that, they get tired. They get tired and that's what was happening to him. So coming off of that, um about 4 5 days later, we are now and have tried high flow nasal cannula. So, what that is, um, is now a cannula that again gives flow into his lungs, but we can see his face. He doesn't have a CPAP on. He doesn't have a mask on. He doesn't have a chin strap. And it's a little bit more freedom. So, it's just like a stepping stone down to room air. But instead of putting them right on room air, they're like, hey, you know, let's try him on high flow before we take him on room air because. Well, look at his track record, right? <laughs> so during this time now, my new emotional battle was just this back and forth of, well, is he going to be okay? Am I going to see? Am I going to walk in tomorrow and he's going to be back on CPAP? Um, what's going to go on? So as of now, he had done really, really good. Um, he's still on caffeine, which he's been on for a few months. Well, he's been on for a few weeks. I'm sorry, he's pretty much been on for a month, is what I meant to say. And what the caffeine then does is give him the literal stimulation, just like caffeine does, in the part of his brain to remind him to continue to breathe. Um, So don't ask me how the fuck that happens, but the doctors do it and they love it and they crush it and everything in between. So that is kind of where he's at in his breathing. But we have been able to try breastfeeding, um, which has been awesome because it's been really cool to just see him actually suck and receive milk from my body like it's literally the coolest and most beautiful thing I've ever seen and it just makes you feel so empowered and just knowing and watching him knowing like I'm I'm doing this for you like I'm doing this so that we can grow and especially with this I'm doing this so we can get out of here you know what I mean and it's just again really empowering and it's been really cool so the big added factor between all of this up and down um, all the nurses, again, just being amazing. It's just going home every night alone. I will say I I've, I've haven't I've had any postpartum depression um, now, you know, as of now, because it still can onset. Um, I'm still looking into seeking therapy. Because, to be honest, it makes me nervous to think about even getting pregnant again. White and I were actually on a walk this morning, morning walking and he's like so how long do you think you like want in between kids just because we were talking about a family you know and I said I don't really know and in that moment was the first moment where I thought in my head like do I really want more kids because I would be petrified I think to go through pregnancy again um and it's going to now affect me for probably the rest of my life you know hoping that things go well, Um, even, you know, being overly protective over Maddox. You know, I'm already trying to be aware of that because prematurity alone gives them a little bit of a lesser attack against the world, if you want to call it. You know, they're more susceptible to flu, RSV, different viruses. They're just not as strong in their immunity as a typical full-term baby, even after they hit their due date. It's still not the fucking same. So, When I thought about that, I was like, okay, well, I definitely need to watch how attached I am to him in the way of like overly protective, because I do want to still be able to to live life without anxiety. You know, it's kind of like people that are so anxious about covid, which we should be, but that they don't leave their house anymore. You know what I mean? It's like I don't want to live with that anxiety. I don't want to inhibit his life just because I'm worried about losing him because I almost did, you know? Um, so you guys understand that, but that's been my really big issue with my anxiety and with kind of my mentality is just knowing every day that I have to leave without him. And especially as I start to see him grow and he just, he looks like this real baby. It's like, why can't I take you home yet? Like you start creating these false timelines in your head. Like, okay, well, he did this today and this means that this could be a week and then, okay, maybe add on a few days for that. Okay, so he could maybe come home in a week and a half or, okay, well, he did this. Okay, well, so that'll be two weeks. Well, okay, maybe he'll come home in three weeks. It's it's like that type of stuff that you start to almost be toxic towards your own self. But as humans, like we can't help it. Like we love timelines, we love countdowns. But when you're in the NICU like you can't create a countdown. You can't create a timeline for yourself. Um and even through life, it goes to show we don't make our own timelines. Um that is up to the higher power. That's up to God. That's up to even just our own bodies. You know what I mean? We can't we can't stop that. And so that's been a few eye-opening things for me, but throughout the past month, you know, seeing him grow and how fast he grows. It's so fun to call in and and check on him and you know, how much weight did he gain? They're like, oh, he gained this. You know, it's like, yay. Um, And it's just like one day I know he'll be with me. But until he can, I just have to keep going. And that's hard. It's really fucking hard. And Even though I've been strong the past month and everyone is just so admirable, you know, oh my God, your attitude is just amazing. And it is because guess what? I have no other fucking choice than to show up, be the best mom, even in the NICU, to be positive and know that one day this is just going to be literally a blimp of time that will feel like nothing, nothing. Right now it feels like eternity, But before you know it, he's going to be home. We're going to be celebrating Christmas. Then it's going to be my birthday. Then it's going to be fucking his birthday. And then it's going to be, you know, his next Christmas, his one-year-old Christmas. And it's just like, when we're in that point, we're not going to even look back and go, damn, that was such a long stay in the NICU. You know, 40, 50, 60 days, I don't know how many days it's going to be is nothing compared to forever you know and so I think that's the most powerful thing that I've taken away from this situation is just knowing that even the smallest blimp of time that feels like forever is nothing compared to the rest of the life that we have ahead of us and and that goes for any situation that you're in this isn't just like NICU this is a bad breakup this is um poor financial situation this is pushing through college this is pushing through your career you know even though it feels like a hard, 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 hard task right now, one day you'll look back and not only will you go, how the fuck did I do that? How did I make it through that? But then you'll look back and also say, but man, that w- that went by so fast. And that's, I think, what's, what's so powerful and like I said, what I'm really holding on to during this time. Um, but being in the NICU, I mean, sadly because of covid shit is just a little bit different than even it, it normally would be and that's just like really shitty because normal NICU experience I mean you could damn near sleep in the hospital there's like a nourishment room that you can take naps you know there's all these things and with covid you can't do fucking anything like I have to basically sit in a chair for seven eight hours a day when I go visit him I usually get there around like 10 And I leave around 6.30, even 7 p.m., sometimes 8. So it's, you know, it's a long time. I'll be taking walks around the hospital. I sometimes take walks outside if they're not weird about it. But it just sucks because, again, I've had the most abnormal birth experience as well as the abnormal pregnancy experience and now the most abnormal NICU experience, um, which a lot of moms are going through right now. And it's just really sad. And I know that we have to you know, know that one day, hopefully again, same thing with COVID, hopefully it'll be over one day and we'll look back and be like, Oh my God, remember that? But it's still one of those things right now that add an extra strain on the situation at hand. And so, you know, I'm trying really hard to be positive about it. And I know that things are only going to continue to get better and easier. And like I said, within, you know, God, God willing few weeks, all of a sudden he's going to be home. And it's going to be like, oh my God, can we fucking send him back? Because he keeps crying. (laughs) And again, that's a joke, but it's just one of, again, one of those things where I'm just really trying to be positive about it right now. And I think another way to look into the NICU, if you're someone who ends up going through it or is going through it now is number one, we get to see our babies grow outside of the womb and we get to love them longer. That's pretty fucking badass. I get to be with my baby longer than a lot of other moms. T. another really cool thing that you can think about is the fact that when you go in the NICU and you go to sit down with your child that is the one time that you can be so present the whole entire time because if you think about holding your kid at home you're looking around the house you're like fuck that's dirty that laundry needs to be done Shit, the dogs need to be fed. You know, you're all these things are going through your mind, even as you're holding him. So you're like, okay, well, I should probably put my baby down so I can get a few things done, you know, be back in a second. That's natural life. That's real life. But when you're in the NICU, nothing else matters. You're just there to comfort and be there for your kid. And that doesn't really happen in real life. Um, even when you do have that moment, say, it might be during like your breastfeeding or your feeding times, and your mind is still racing about what you have to do right? What am I going to do after this? What am I going to put him in his pack and play? Am I going to put him, am I going to blah, blah, blah. Is he going to go to sleep? Like you're constantly thinking, but again, in the situation I'm in, I'm just trying to find those positives. And one of them being just the ability to be present. So, you know, with the wrap up of the first month, I mean, guys, I know that this is just like a, a diary podcast, if we want to call it that. Not the funnest, not the greatest, all right? I, I get it, but I just want to make sure I'm documenting this. And, you know, as we kind of wrap up this first month, there's there's so much more. There's so much more that I could say, but I do want to just make sure that we're kind of getting insight for me to look back um, outside of like the journals I'm doing and more. And whoever maybe needs this one day can still like look back and listen to this and go, man, I'm in the same spot now. Because you never think it'll happen to you. And you know, I I don't pray it on fucking anyone. I don't pray, oh my God, I hope she goes with a fucking Nikki. Absolutely not. Because you do not want this to happen to anyone. But because you know it will, like I hope that this can be of support to you. And I hope that any of you can watch my story and listen to my story and just know that I'm a testimony of God's provision in our life. And even though we think we have a schedule. It's never our schedule. It's never a fucking schedule. Um, now, as we kind of prepare for him to come home, I'm planning on going on maternity leave. Um, this is going to be a probably, you know, four five, six week amount of time for me to just completely go MIA like with my clients and you know no programming being made and and emails stuff like this I'm just fully checking out of my part of work um and to be very honest I've I've thought about giving myself a break from the podcast as well I'm still very much on the fence because um this is an escape for me however it's also something I do for free like this I don't make money off this I don't you know really promote this for like certain thing i just do it for fun i do it to add value i do it to hang out with you guys um and so i'm kind of like you know do i take a month off of this too or do i kick it back up in 2021 like i you know i don't really know um i'm still going to kind of feel it out i'm going to feel it out cuz it like i said it's fun it's an escape for me um but it's not like a part of my my actual real work right however it does take time and it takes mental energy um, and that's something that I feel like I don't really have right now. You know, I, I, I show up on Instagram. I, I love sharing updates there. It's just, it's easy. It's mindless. I type it out and I fucking post it. Um, it's so easy, but to sit and take an extra hour, you know, 45 minutes, an hour out of my day to, to do a podcast. Sometimes it's just very draining as you guys could assume, especially right now it's 8 or 9 p.m which sounds really fucking early. But guys, when you, when you're up every three hours, four hours pumping or with a real kid, if you, you know, have a full term baby, like it's a lot and I'm exhausted. And you know, by this time I'm just, I'm like, do I, do I want to keep doing this right now? You know, what about when a baby's home? I'm probably going to be even, I just want to fucking hold them all day. I'm not going to be wanting to, <laughs> to talk, but we'll see because I also don't want to go stir crazy, you know, and just be bored and whatnot. So I'm going to kind of fill that out. Make sure that you guys kind of stay tuned for that. If I do, guess what? There's fucking like 30 episodes to listen to. And I guarantee you, a lot of you haven't listened to every single one of them. So God bless it. Um, but obviously, you know, those details will be to come. So, um, you know, I just hope that he's home soon and I really do have good vibes. Like, don't get me wrong. I have really positive energy towards it. And my goal is, As you guys have probably seen and heard, you know, Home Before Halloween, like speak it into existence. Um, As I've mentioned you guys before, like if you have a minute and like I'm just on your mind during the day, like, you know what? Wow. I wonder how Maddox is doing today. Like just just speak it, pray it over us like for his his health and even my health, my mental health, um, my life postpartum, post postpartum. Like when he actually gets home, you know, I don't know how it's going to be like, I don't know what's going to hit me. I don't know. I don't fucking know. And um, so if you guys, like I said, are just thinking of me or thinking of him or you see our picture and you're like, oh, my God, he's so fucking cute because he is um, just, you know, pray over us real quick. Send us some quick energy, send it into the universe, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Um, We just appreciate it more than, you know, because, you know, as much as as much as this situation has brought strength out of both of us, Wyatt and I and Emma Maddox, it's also brought a lot of sadness Um, a lot of emptiness, a lot of inability to focus, you know, it's like, I don't, I just don't know where the fuck my mind should be right now. You know, I, I feel guilty for not focusing on work and I also feel guilty for, um, for focusing on work. Like it's just, it's very confusing and it's all about learning. I'm just learning this new role in a very different way than a typical mom does. Um, so again, you know, 1 month is down. I I just don't fucking know what's how many more. You know, I I hope by the time this goes live like some crazy shit is happening and like you guys are listening to this and you're like, "Holy fuck, he's coming home." Like I I don't know. I just I don't know and I wish I did. But sometimes maybe we don't wish we did know because that's for God to figure out. I don't know. You doesn't mean Does that make sense? Maybe I'm just tired. (laughs) Um, But guys, thank you so much for listening. If you did again, I know it's a little bit of a dry podcast and, and it's difficult to document such a traumatic event without speaking on it very in depth and having like a lot of legitimate questions in front of me. And I'm just kind of like speaking from my head and like, my experiences thus far and what I'm thinking about and how I'm feeling right now and so um you know I'm going to do a another Q&A like with Wyatt legitimately just like a postpartum Q&A and I think that that'll be really fun to do as well to where we have a little bit more prompts but you guys know the fucking deal guys I don't I don't write shit out I don't I don't plan this podcast this is fucking fun for me the minute It feels like a a legit chore is the minute I don't want to do it. You know, this is meant to be fun. This is enjoyable. Um, I'm not here to just drag out some random shit. Um, I'm here to just speak it. It's my online fucking diary and you guys have access to it. How cool is that? So, again, make sure that you guys check out these show notes. Make sure that you check out what's going on um, this week, what's going on in general in DBFT. Check out the merch. Check out my codes, ways to support me. Again, I would just appreciate it so much. And, again, if you don't, also follow me on Instagram. Make sure that you follow me in the links given, Des B, three underscores, and Des Piper three underscores. Um, I've just been posting updates, like what the fuck is fitness? I don't know. I have still like a week and a half till I can work out. God bless. Um, but this is very much just this, my part of my journey right now. And that's what I'm documenting. So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing Sunday. Make sure you go rip a bong for me or do an edible, something fun. Um, and just keep us all in your prayers, in your hearts and in your thoughts. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next Sunday.